The Unexpected Cosmology, Episode 11. Every U.S. presidential election is a royal hoax. Undeniable proof that the war for independence was a psyop against the American people is the mere fact that every single U.S. president, starting with Master Mason George Washington in 1789, has directly descended from European monarchs. To put this in slightly different terms, America never abandoned the British crown. Elections are a flamboyantly royal hoax. I have had enough private conversations, even with truthers, to know how this works. Already, at this very moment, somebody on the other side of my computer screen is crossing their arms. I knew it. Classic defensive posture. No, you're so wrong, Noel. The United States may be a corporation, and the New World Order a Luciferian government, but my vote for my slave master matters. If this is you, then I'm thrilled that you were able to make it. Welcome. It should comfort you to note that I have no intent or desire for arguing with those who obstinately cling to their vote out of some sort of frail desperation or romantic notion or fleeting childhood hope. You are free to skip this entire episode and then proceed directly to the comments section so as to have the last word. Just know this, Yahusha is soon returning with New Jerusalem, and when he arrives, he'll be handing out hard hats and sledgehammers to the set-apart ones. I imagine we'll have our work cut out for us, taking wrecking balls to Babylon, but the task will be done. It would be good to come to terms with that fact now. Speaking of electing our slave masters, in 1984, President Ronald Reagan carried 49 of the 50 states to defeat former Vice President Walter Mondale in a landslide victory. This probably has something to do with the fact that Mondale was not of noble descent. Already, we're getting somewhere. He didn't stand a chance against the King of Rome. I was only four years old at the time. Post-edit, Mondale's mother was a Cohen. This is a respelling of Cohen. Now you know, and knowing is half the battle. One presidential term later, I entered the first grade and got to know somebody who simply went by one name, Dukakis. The 1988 Democratic nominee and son of Greek immigrants had no connections to any European thrones and was therefore no Bush. Dukakis didn't stand a chance. This is probably a good moment to remind you that George H.W. Bush was standing in front of the Book Depository Building only moments after Kennedy's assassination. But more importantly, the Kennedy assassination was a hoax. The former CIA director won in another landslide. In today's episode of The Unexpected Cosmology, we will be thinking about blood, mainly bloodlines. Senator Bob Dole may enter into the conversation, and also Randy Savage. But first, a word from my commercial sponsor, Serpentine Ancestry. Get your DNA tested and let us explore your family history today. Remember back in the day when fanboys used to watch guys like Hulk Hogan, smack talk guys like Randy Savage, and then emphatically argue that professional wrestling was totally legit while they playfully spanked each other in the ring? <laughs> yeah, how embarrassing. For the record, we are on some of my earliest memories 
and wrestling is one of them. I probably obsessed over Andre the Giant with as much awe as any boy who watched Nephilim smacking down his competition back in the day. One has to wonder how long before fanboys of Washington DC, arguing tirelessly for this year's political personality, like another round between Roddy Piper or the Iron Shriek, come to terms with the fact that professional wrestling was predictive programming from the start. In this corner, Joe the Creeper Biden, and <laughs> defending last year's title, the Tangerine Tornado. A person we should all come to know is a certain Harold Brooks Baker. His Wikipedia article is short and critically to the point, which is to say that spook literature has, by mere obligation, taken out a hit piece on the guy. Brooks Baker is the talent behind Burke's Peerage, a London-based firm in the business of locating and researching titles for clients, and whose roots are in a genealogical directory published in 1826 by Irishman John Burke. He also came up with something called the most royal candidate theory of US presidential succession based upon his own research. And it is this. The winning candidate in the United States presidential elections will be the individual with the greatest percentage of royal blood flowing through his veins. Otherwise stated, each succeeding United States president has everything to do with his pedigree and absolutely nothing to do with his number of votes. We can think of Burke's peerage as the Bible of aristocratic genealogy. Of the 42 presidents from Washington to Clinton, Brooks Baker found that 33 have been related to two people, Alfred the Great, King of England, and Charlemagne of France. Another 19 of them are related to England's Edward III. Harold Brooks Baker died in 2004. His research, however, lives on in David Icke. Every so often, a distant relative still contacts me to engage in those taboo topics which I can faintly recall in what seems like another lifetime ago while sitting around the holiday dinner table. My fingers were only inches away from the keyboard when such a person, whom I hadn't heard from in several years, decided to slap my social media inbox with a picture of President Donald J. Trump. As a California liberal and a child of the 60s, she was insulted at my assumed voting record. Trump. Apparently, I'd voted for him. For the record, I am clear of any such crime against humanity. Sure, I voted for Al Gore and John Kerry and Barack Obama. We shall turn to them in a moment. But once the season of the 2016 contest between Donald J. Trump and Hillary Rodham Clinton rolled around, I had wisened up to the shape of the world and the serpentine bloodlines. Also, Bill Hicks, whom most know as Alex Jones, was controlled opposition. I not only refused to vote, I am no longer a registered voter. Directly below Trump's picture, she added her own caption, which read in all caps, Trump, biggest liar on the face of the earth. I calmly responded, are they not all liars, murderers, and thieves? Democrats, Republicans, eh, you can flip the coin over, different face, but is it not the same currency? Seconds after I pressed the enter button, the phone rang. It was her. She had already hung up before I was capable of crossing the room to answer. Yet another perfect opportunity for a heated, politically charged family conversation, perfectly ruined. 
Another type message immediately followed on social media. Still hope. It read, No, you don't understand. Trump lies every time he opens his mouth. The worst president of all time. The people I know hold the same opinion. So I said, Do they not all lie every time they open up their mouths? Democrats, Republicans, eh, liars, thieves, murderers, sons of Cain. We've been lied to for generations. No, I'm not talking about the others. I'm just talking about Trump. He's the liar. Recalling that she was a child from the 60s, I said, You know, there's very few people in my generation who still believe we've landed on the moon. As if Nixon could call Armstrong from a landline telephone. LOL. She didn't get back to me. It's a shame that I chased her off so early, especially when the conversation was just getting good. Maybe I should have skipped the moon landing and just told her the earth was flat. Assuming my listener is still with me, or that they haven't debunked me yet on Snopes or Got Questions, then let us proceed through my own past voting history, when I was still a willing slave of Babylon. Revisiting my terrible voting record. Let's start with who I would have voted for in 1996, had a Southern Californian 15-year-old been allowed to punch a hole in a ballot card. That name would have been Bill Clinton. For the purposes of this paper, I decided to do a background check on both candidates. To do so, I employed the research of Burke's Peerage, and this is what I found. Bill Clinton and Bob Dole are distant cousins. They can both trace their ancestry to King Henry III, who reigned from 1227 to 1273, and Presidents William Henry Harrison and Benjamin Harrison. There is, however, a large degree of separation between the two. Clinton had far more royal blue blood than his challenger because he descended from King Robert I of France and is also related to every Scottish monarch, as well as the current House of Windsor. If Clinton won, and he most certainly did win, it's because he has a snootier pedigree. Read that last sentence again and again if you like. Let the thought sink in. Take all the time you need. Here's another fun fact. Through the House of Windsor and King Henry III, the Bushes and Bill Clinton are genetically related. Mm-hmm. Clinton is a Bush. In 2000, my very first election, I voted for Al Gore. I checked. Al Gore's family tree includes Thomas Jefferson, Richard Nixon, Daniel Boone, and Buffalo Bill Cody. But far more notably, three Holy Roman Emperors Louis II, Charles II, and Louis I. He is descended from Edward I, also known as Edward Longshanks and the Hammer of the Scots, and is therefore also a direct descendant of Charlemagne, the 8th century emperor. This can only mean one thing. Gore is a bush. In my last paper, The Once and Future MacArthur, we discussed how Pastor John MacArthur may be a son of Arthur but he is also a Bush. Need I remind you that the Bush family is perhaps the most powerful dynasty in American history. The Bushes are related to the Mayflower passengers John Howland and Elizabeth Tilly, Plymouth Colony Governor Thomas Hinckley, as well as John Ralph and Pocahontas. Wild Bill Hickok and Louisa May Alcott are all related to the Bush clan. Mary Parker is too. You may recognize Mary Parker as the woman 
tried and hung during the Salem witch hoax. Even the Donner Party hoax comes into it. They have relations to the Bushes too. We can obviously throw Douglas MacArthur into the pile, but also Marilyn Monroe. The Bush family has a long, long, long history of spooks. They're all related. The Bushes are directly related to 16 U.S. presidents, George Washington, Millard Fillmore, Franklin Pierce, Abraham Lincoln, Ulysses S. Grant, Ruthard B. Hayes, James Garfield, Grover Cleveland, Teddy Roosevelt, William H. Taft, Calvin Coolidge, Herbert Hoover, Franklin D. Roosevelt, Richard Nixon, and Gerald Ford. They are also closely related to the King of Albania and have kinship with every member of the British royal family and the House of Windsor, hence the Clinton relationship. They're related to 20 British dukes, the 13th cousin of Britain's Queen Mother and of her daughter Queen Elizabeth. George H.W. is 13th cousin once removed from Prince Charles and has direct descent from King Henry III, Charles II, and Edward I of England. When you're looking at a picture of George H.W. Bush, you're looking at the face of royalty. Already, while writing this article, AI has begun making this inquiry easy for me. Only a few moments ago, I simply typed the name Barbara into my Google search engine and the matrix spewed back Barbara Pierce. Not Bush, mind you, Pierce. Skynet knew precisely what I had arrived for, and it was more than happy to deliver. You may also want to take note of the fact that Barbara Bush's father falls next on the list. Google provided no picture for Barbara Bush's father. Does artificial intelligence suffer from Freudian slips? Maybe. Probably not. More than likely, it's because there is a mystery to be had, and Google wants to lead me on that journey. But more on that in a little while, because, you see, George and Barbara Bush are both from the Pierce bloodline. It did not take long for me to learn that the American Pierces changed their name from Percy, an aristocratic family in Britain, while crossing the Atlantic. You may recall from 11th grade world history class that the Percys were involved with Guy Fawkes in the gunpowder plot to blow up Parliament. But now that I think about it, they probably didn't teach you that at all. Here's another fun fact in an article devoted to fun facts. George H.W. Bush and Barbara Bush are likewise both related to Godfrey de Bouillon. In 1099, Bouillon was the first king of Jerusalem, having led European noblemen in the successful crusade to recapture Jerusalem from Islam. We are in Templar territory. Bouillon is the guy who moved into the king's palace at the Temple Mount, another psyop, because the temple was never actually built on the Temple Mount, and everybody but the common man knows it. But we'll have to save that for another time. Now that we have established the fact that Barbara Bush is a Pierce, at least by name, I want you to pay attention to the uncanny resemblance between the former First Lady and Aleister Crowley. You may want to hold on to something. Barbara's mother, Pauline Pierce, was friends with the sex magic practitioner. In 1924, 50-year-old Crowley was residing in the home of Frank and Nellie O'Hara in Paris when Pauline Pierce came calling. It is during Pauline's visit that Crowley underwent what he termed the Supreme Ordeal, an initiation into the Masonic Epistemus grade, 
the highest magical achievement in his order. Let's put it this way. It involves lots and lots of exhaustive sex. After surviving the ordeal, Pauline then returned to America, and on June 8, 1925, some eight months after Crowley's sex escapade, Pierce gave birth to a daughter. George, Neil, Marvin, and Jeb, they're all Bushes, but also Crowley's. Moving on. In 2004, I voted for John Forbes Carey. I checked. Bush and Carey are 16th cousins. The Democratic candidate for president descends from King Henry II of England and somebody named Richard the Lionheart, leader of the Third Crusade in 1189. Though Bush is related to Hugh Hefner, being 11th cousins twice removed, Carey is only 9th cousins once removed and has links to royalty in Albania, Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Russia, Persia, and France. It may actually be argued that no two other candidates for president were ever so royally endowed as these two men. The boys down at the Bohemian Grove apparently got extra frisky this time around because while Kerry and Bush are secret society brothers in the infamous Skull and Bones fraternity, they're also related to Vlad the Impaler, Dracula. In 2008, I voted for Barack Hussein Obama. I checked. Obama and George W. Bush are 11th cousins, linked by Samuel Hinckley of Cape Cod, who died in 1662. Yeah, Obama is a Bush. Also, you may want to hold on to something because Dick Cheney is an 8th cousin. The most simple explanation to all of this is that we're dealing with massive inbreeding. For example, Hillary Clinton is related to Brad Pitt's longtime partner, Angelina Jolie while Pitt is ultimately linked back to Barack Obama as a ninth cousin. Come to think of it, I came this close to voting for Senator John McCain. I checked. McCain is a sixth cousin of former First Lady Laura Bush. On April 29, 2011, my wife and I stayed up all night to watch Prince William and Catherine Middleton's wedding. You're probably wondering why I've decided to talk about Prince William and Kate Middleton's wedding day. And also, if I once again have my wires crossed. At the time, the Duchess of Cambridge was described as a commoner. This was, of course, to throw us off their scent and reinforce the notion that every little girl might someday fall in love with a genetically inbred charming and become something akin to the next Disney princess. Burks did a little research into Middleton, and whoops, she's a blue blood. Middleton's great-great-grandmother, Frances Elizabeth Greenhow, was the 10th great-granddaughter of Sir William Gascoigne, a Yorkshire knight who died in 1487. He married Lady Margaret Percy, fourth and youngest daughter of Henry Percy, Earl of Northumberland. The Earl descended from King Edward III through both of his parents. Prince Charles and the late Princess Diana both descend from Sir William Gascoigne and his wife, Lady Margaret. This makes William and Kate 14th cousins once removed, through his mother and 15th cousins through his father. George W. Bush and Diana, Princess of Wales, are 11th cousins twice removed. Carrie is 12th cousins once removed. And I checked, George W. Bush is in fact a 13th cousin of the Queen. 
we might as well just get Meghan Markle out of the way while we're hacking away at our Disney princesses. Upon marrying into the royal family at Windsor Castle on May 19th, 2018, the Duchess of Sussex was advertised to us as being even more a commoner than Kate Middleton, but not so. A researcher at the Boston-based New England Historic Genealogical Society, one of the world's premier genealogical organizations, soon discovered that Markle is a direct descendant of King Edward III. And speaking of King Edward III, both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are mutually descended from the monarch. And if we recall, no, I did not vote for either party. We have arrived at the 2016 elections, and it is here where the trail of my terrible voting record grows cold. Perhaps Meghan Markle will one day end the illusion and run for president. Every girl can dream. Trump is related to the medieval monarch King Richard III. Actually, both he and Hillary are the direct descendants of the 14th century first Duke of Lancaster, John of Gaunt. Gaunt, who died in 1399 at Leicester Castle, was Richard III's great-great-uncle. By now, the question you should probably be asking is, what is royalty? And we're not simply talking about kings and dukes and duchesses either. The bloodlines of ancient kings have long adapted to the dark suit profession as a sort of cloak and dagger approach to the world of banking, politics, and media. But that is a conversation for another time. The royalty we are speaking of share the same general ancestry, often called the 13th Illuminati bloodline or the Merovingian line. The Windsor Bush bloodline, wherein our US presidents are selected, traces its origins far beyond British and French royalty. It passes Marie Antoinette and King Louis XVI to the Popes and the Medici family, but doesn't stop there. It continues back right on through Roman emperors to the Egyptian pharaohs and kings of ancient Babylon, and even earlier still. It continues all the way back to the sons of Cain. Why is it that someone's genetics, based upon who had sex with whom and in what order, determines who will rule over a country, and sometimes the world? If you conclude that it's because they're a special pedigree, then you are correct. They have obsessively inbred throughout the ages in order to call themselves the blood of another color, blue. I seem to recall there is a particular genetics that was referred to at one time as the bloodline of the gods. The presidential candidate with the greatest number of royal genes has always been the victor, without exception, since George Washington, Brooks Baker said. Contrarily, the official narrative, via the Los Angeles Times, claims their pedigree simply gives them an election day edge. Try not to let cognitive dissonance win the day.